You're listening to the SSPX Podcast, and welcome to episode 25 of the Crisis in the Church series. On this episode, we're speaking with Father Paul Robinson, who's the prior of St. Isidore's in Denver, Colorado, about the practical matters that Catholics should know about the Novus Ordo Mass. Over the last two episodes, number 23 and number 24, we've looked at the inherent problems in this new formulation of the Mass. Today, we'll see what that means for us as Catholics. Do these problems mean that the new Mass is invalid? Or should we even be attending the new Mass if we have the choice? If you'd like to learn more about this series we're doing on the crisis in the Church, or if you'd like to go back and revisit our previous 24 episodes, or if you want to support this project, please visit sspxpodcast.com slash crisis. Now, let's turn to our conversation with Father Paul Robinson. Well, welcome back to the SSPX podcast and the Crisis in the Church series, and welcoming Father Paul Robinson from St. Isidore's Priory in Denver, Colorado. Hello, Father. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Andrew. It's good to be back on. Absolutely. It's great to have you. And we are talking today about the Novus Ordo Mass in, we were just talking about this a few moments ago, but you you mentioned this is more of the practical aspects of it. So we're not really looking at why it's bad, um, why there are, why there's problems with it. We've already seen that with Father Reuter. We've already seen that with Father Franks in the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're looking at more, well, okay, we know it's problematic, how do we as Catholics then approach the new mass? Um, should we go? Should we not go? Uh, those sorts of things. So um, I guess we start off with, you know, we all know that we have to go to mass on Sunday. I guess we should start there, Father. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is this is the thing. Um, it, it does make it a very tough decision because we have the third commandment. We all know um, that we must keep the Lord's day holy and the church um, ask us to go to Mass on Sundays. This is a, a precept that uh, obliges all Catholics. Every Catholic has that at heart when Sunday rolls around. I, you know, I, I, good Catholics will say, I, I need to get to Mass. Um, at the same time, the Church does anticipate that there may be situations uh, that would make it um, impossible or imprudent to to attend mass on on that sunday we we had a recent situation here in in denver um we had the the fourth largest snowfall uh in history and it it part of it fell on saturday but but uh the brunt of it really arrived on the sunday and it had been predicted ahead of time um i canceled one of the masses and i just said we're just going to have the nine o'clock mass here um when i when the day came i mean it was it was snowing like crazy um, we probably had like 100 people out of 400, uh, over 400 we mm. usually have on a Sunday. Um, but they, we ended up getting 27 inches on uh, of snow, so <laughs> it was pretty insane. <laughs> um, wow. I, later in the day, I got stuck on the highway for four hours. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, obviously in that situation, uh, since there was, only, there was only 100 people came out of 425, I'm not going to say those other 325 people, why, didn't you, why weren't you at Mass? I mean, you should have been here. Um, clearly, the, the, the weather conditions were very bad. It um, made it uh, next to impossible for, for a lot of people to make it to Mass. Um, so there, there, was, there was no uh, mortal sin committed by, by them by, by not being at Mass um, on that day. Obviously, they still had the duty to sanctify that day, um, to not do serve our work, to to try to attend uh, or at least uh, view a live stream mass, for instance. 
so that's one situation when when um, weather conditions <clears throat> make travel impossible, travel to mass. Um, there's other conditions. People um, have a, a very great distance to go to mass. Perhaps it's um, two hours to get to mass. Uh, they can't make it every Sunday or poor health. Um, we, we saw that with the whole COVID thing, the, the COVID crisis, the pandemic. Many, many dioceses, all dioceses in the United States were um, saying to people, you know, you're basically excused from from uh, attending mass in person on Sunday uh, for as long as the pandemic lasts. Um, there are cases as well where, where people um, have employment and their employer requires them to work on Sundays. And there's, that's the, the only possibility for them <clears throat> to put uh, food on the table is to, is to um, have this job. And so mm-hmm. um, they're, they're excused. The church excuses them in such a case. Um, we do recommend that they go to mass sometime during the week to try to make up for it by attending mass during the week in such a case. I mean, th- those are just examples, Andrew, of, of situations sure. where um, a, a Catholic will be excused. Um, and what what really we're asking, I think, in this podcast, um, this this particular episode on the crisis in the church, um, is is there some sort of circumstance that the, the new mass places us in that would fall under those accepted categories for when a Catholic would not be obliged to go to Mass. Uh, and it's it's kind of a controversial position of the Society of St. Pius X. We, we take a very hard-line view on, on this um, and, and basically saying that, no, um, Catholics um, do not have an obligation to attend the new Mass on Sunday, that we are in uh, one of those situations where um, the circumstances <clears throat> um, make it such that, that a Catholic is not obliged to go to Mass. If that's the only and, mass and they can are, go to, sure. And so, what what are the what are the reasons behind that? Uh, again, we've we've looked at the in the last couple episodes about you know the, the new mass is problematic. Does it stem from that, um, or is it or is it a competition thing? We want everyone to go to the SSPX mass. Well, I mean, we do whatever everyone want to go to the SSPX mass, but that that's of course is not <laughs> is not the reason. Um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the the examples that I brought up uh, concerned more external circumstances that are outside of the mass, like the the health of the person or the weather conditions. Um, but there there are also the church also anticipates situations where, with, with regards to the mass itself. Um, perhaps the way the mass is being said, um, for instance, I mean, if, if you if you had a, a priest, you you knew that this priest was preaching a series of sermons on on the fact that um, a lady was was not a perpetual virgin um, or, or something else against the faith, then then and that was the only mass you could go to, then there would be no obligation to go and listen to this heresy mm. or. Um, if you knew that, that the, the parish priest is a drunkard and he, he regularly says mass uh, when he's drunk, um, you know, and this is a scandal and it, it, it uh, makes people devalue the mass, see the mass disrespected in such a way, it shakes their faith, um, it, they would not be obliged to go. Um, so there are situations where the way the mass is said, or the, the priest who's saying the mass, his his heterodoxy um, would excuse someone from going to mass. And basically, what we've been saying in these these previous um, episodes is is that the new mass um, represents a danger to the faith. 
that objectively the new mass as it was written um, was geared to please the Protestants, was purposely wanted to hide the sacrificial nature of the mass, which is the essential nature of the mass. It's uh, a representation of the sacrifice of Calvary. The fact that it devalues the real presence at mass, um, it tends to limit um, this belief or even hide this belief in the, the real presence of our Lord. And it also uh, devalues the sacramental priesthood of the priest, uh, puts him on the same level as the faithful. So, those, so these are three very serious flaws in the very construction of the new mass that from our point of view makes it a danger to the faith. For those who regularly attend the new mass, um, they're, they're getting a version of the mass um, that does not represent the Catholic faith as it should. Um, so if they're continually sort of nourishing, trying to nourish their soul on, on that sort of mass, it, it is a danger. And so even beyond what you were just saying, that, that the mass, the new mass is uh, opening the door to making it more pleasing to Protestants, it by very virtue of, of trying to please one person, one group of people, it's essentially not affirming Catholic teaching either. So it's it's becoming more Protestant, but because it's becoming more Protestant, it's also becoming less Catholic, and that's that's a problem in and of itself. Yeah, so I mean, it, there's there's a bit of a distinction to be made here. We're not saying that you go to the, the way the new mass was designed that there's explicit heresy in there. Um, so we're not saying that the new mass errs so much by what is present there, but more by what is absent. Um, you're going to mm. a mass and you're expecting a clear affirmation of the Catholic faith. But what you're finding instead is is that you you have something much more on the level of of a gathering of of of, a, of a, really a Protestant gathering. Uh, so many people who have been Protestants, converted to Catholic faith, gone to the new mass for the first time, they say, well, this is just exactly what we had, you know, in, in the Protestant church. Um, so there, there is a striking quote from the famous Ottaviani intervention, this um, document that was uh, written just as soon as the, the new mass was, was uh, promulgated. Um, and, it, and it says in there, um, that it is evident that the Novus Ordo has no intention of presenting the faith as taught by the Council of Trent, to which, nonetheless, the Catholic conscience is bound forever. With the promulgation of the new Mass, the loyal Catholic is thus faced with a most tragic alternative. Um, so the, the Catholic is going to Mass and knowing that the, the faith that is represented there is not the same faith as they've known their whole life. And they're, and they're asking themselves, well, should I even attend this Mass um, if it doesn't correspond to the faith that I have, the faith that I know? Um, and this is also why um, Archbishop Lefebvre says that the Novus Ordo Mass, this is a direct quote, he says the Novus Ordo Mass bears within it a poison harmful to the faith. So, I mean, just as, as if, if you're consuming food that, that doesn't contain proper nutrition on a regular basis, you eventually get sick and, and die. Um, so, too, with, with the Novus Ordo Mass, because it's no longer uh, presenting the faith that, that we must hold. Um, it's not sustaining your faith, and therefore, over time, you do lose the faith. Um, and and, and we've, I think we saw that back in the, in the first episode that you did, Andrew, with, with Father McFarland, um, just looking at the stats 
Um, and right. we, I mean, while we may not attribute it wholly to the new mass, yet the new mass was a major shift in in Catholic praxis, um, and it's at the center, really, of the distinction between um, sort of pre-Vatican II and post-Vatican II, and must surely be accountable for the massive loss of faith and so many people leaving the church. On on that topic, Father, um, I've often heard many devout. I would say conservative Catholics who attend the Novus Ordo mm-hmm. Mass, um, mm-hmm. they don't like the famous clown masses or, you know, rock music masses or anything any more than we do. And so they will go to seek out a Novus Ordo Mass that is said with more devotion. Um, possibly some of it even said in Latin, um, but it's still the, the new Mass, the new Mass that was promulgated after the Council. Um, what about right. that flavor, I guess I would say, of, of the Novus Ordo Mass? What do you say about that? Is that, is that okay to go to? Yeah, so I mean, uh, obviously, the new mass, because of the sort of atmosphere that it breeds, has led to many, many abuses. Um, These clown masses or balloon masses or rock masses or children's masses, Batman masses. I mean, it's just the the examples are are legion. Um, But I I think it is important for for me to emphasize that really what I'm talking about is, is something totally global. I mean, what I'm saying is that if you take the new mass as it is, as it as it came off the press in 1969, and um, you you say it, even if you say it in Latin, um, it, it's just still it's it is problematic. It's problematic in itself, not just in the way that it's said or the particular circumstances of a given church. Um, okay, and and that is because it doesn't give the the proper worship to God that that is meant to be given to Him. Uh, we Catholics are given this mandate by our Lord to um, renew his sacrifice at the Mass. Um, but what we have is a Mass that's designed to hide the sacrificial nature of the Mass. And um, purposely, I mean, this is the great scandal. You have Catholics um, getting together and saying, we're going to redo the Mass. We're going to recreate it in the image of modern man, in the image of modern ecumenism. And therefore, um, strip God of his proper rights. God is asking for the specific type of worship. And these churchmen are saying, no, we're not going to give that to you. Um, and that, that sort of defeats the whole purpose of fulfilling the, the third commandment. You're, you're supposed to fulfill the third by, commandment by giving proper worship to God. And then we've got this mass that they designed um, that doesn't give the proper worship to God. Um, and so... Um, we, we would claim that in itself, uh, the, the new mass is problematic. And, and therefore, um, if you're, if you're the, being asked to go to a mass that, that doesn't really give proper worship to God, then it kind of defeats the whole purpose of fulfilling the third commandment. Um, and therefore, there's no obligation. Is, is the new mass then, Father, is it invalid or is it illicit? Uh, and those are two two term, invalid meaning it's not an actual mass or illicit meaning it's it's legally mm-hmm. wrong according to the to the canon of the church. Is it either of those things? Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm definitely not saying that it's definitely not our position as priests of the Society of Saint Pius X that the new mass is invalid. And this is something that confuses okay. people. Um, they're always like, "Oh, so you're saying the new mass is invalid?" No, I'm not saying that. Um, to have a valid mass, all that's necessary is that the priest says the, the words of consecration, um, and then he has the communion. He receives the some of the host and, and the wine that the, he has consecrated. 
So that, that's all that's necessary for a valid mass. And you can have valid ceremonies um, in, in many different situations that are, are yet not what we would call illicit. Um, the, the, the way that they're done is not correct. So the mass as a sacrament uh, can be valid, but not licit. It, it can be done in such a way that it's a valid sacrament, um, but it is not pleasing to God because of the way that it's done. So, I mean, if, okay. if someone goes to receive the sacrament of confirmation, the church says to that person, you must receive the sacrament of confirmation in the state of grace um, because this is a sacrament of the living. Um, and they go and, and perhaps they don't um, do that. They don't They don't go to confession before they receive the sacrament. Um and they walk away, and they, they've actually received the sacrament. It was a valid sacrament, um, but it was it was not listed. It was not done in the proper way uh, because they had moral sin on their soul. In fact, it was it was a sacrilege. It was displeasing to God. Um, so what I'm saying is, it is something equivalent with with the new mass, um, the consecration. If if the priest has the right intention, he says the words. It's it's a valid consecration, but but the way that the mass is done is not. Proper. It's hiding the sacrificial nature. It's uh, devaluing the real presence. You know, it's it's putting the priest on the same level as the faithful. And, and for those reasons, um, we would say it's it's not pleasing to God. So, could we make a comparison? Maybe looking back in Scripture to the uh, to the sacrifice of Cain and Abel, where one sacrifice was pleasing to God and one wasn't, and both were performed in the same manner, but one was not pleasing to God. Is that kind of a fair comparison? I think it's a great comparison, uh, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, you, you have um, two uh, individuals who are both performing a sacrifice. Um, what they were offering was was different, um, but they're b- both um, going through the motions of, of offering right. sacrifice to God. Um, but the way in which they <clears throat> they did it was different. <clears throat> and one was pleasing, wasn't one was not pleasing. So, I mean, we could say both were valid sacrifices because both were burned up and, and given to God. I mean, right. that's objectively what happened. Um, but only one was pleasing to God. The other was not. So given that the new mass is objectively, according to the way it's written, like you said, the way it was constructed, and that's a fair word to use because it really was constructed. Um, Absolutely. Therefore, and it's not pleasing to God. Therefore, as a Catholic, if you are aware of this, then you have no obligation to go. Yes. I, I mean, I, I would I would say that, that even um, insofar as you, you, you are aware that how the new mass was constructed, the fact that it has this purpose of of hiding authentic uh, Catholic teaching, the authentic Catholic mass, um, then you would be obliged not to go. I mean, that that knowledge um, carries a responsibility with it. Um, it's like you're constantly saying, I know that this mass um, is hiding the sacrificial nature of the mass, it's devaluing the faith, and I'm, I'm going to go anyway um, because of perhaps this, this difficulty of making that intellectual decision um, uh, and, and perhaps out of a scruple, you know, the right thing to do would, would be to remain home, um, view a, a, a live stream traditional mass if there's no traditional mass around and try to sanctify the Sunday that way. Um, but, but of course, I'm not, um, I'm not at all talking about, the, I'm not saying that everybody who goes to the new mass is committing a sin. I'm not talking about individuals who go to the new mass. Um, I, what we're talking about here, Andrew, is just the, the objective value of the new mass as it is in itself. 
and then the consequences for people um, as far as their obligation to to assist it at that mass. Um, there is no obligation. Um, but we're not talking about the subjective disposition. You, you mentioned, um, you know, that if someone knows, do, do they not have an obligation? Yes. And then we're saying yes. But I mean, if someone is not aware, if someone is, is just like, okay, I'm a Catholic, I, I go to the local parish, and they're not at all aware of the whole history uh, of the thing. Right. They're, they're, they're not aware of what the Mass is supposed to be and how this is a devaluing of the Mass. Um, they're not aware of, of what the proper worship is. And they're going in good faith, then of course it's not sinful for them. And so I'm not saying that everybody who goes to the new mass is committing a, a sin. Um, I'm just saying, but for those who are aware, um, they they would have an obligation to stay away from something they recognize to, to be a danger to their faith. It's really interesting you say that, Father. Uh, and I've been thinking this as we've been going through these episodes, and and I love doing this this podcast this series because (laughs) i'm learning so much um but the more i think about it and i think father frank's mentioned this i don't know eight or ten episodes ago um to me one of the biggest problems with the whole crisis is not so much that there's a lack of priests or that the that there's you know all the all the stuff we've been talking about to me the big issue is the lack of catechesis for the faithful the faithful don't know we we don't know what all the problems are. We don't, we're just, like you said, your average normal Catholic is just going to mass and thinking they're fulfilling their obligation. And they are because they don't know any better, but they don't know. I mean, people haven't been taught now for two or three generations, the proper catechism, the proper truth. And they're not able to distinguish what's a problem and what's not. Yes. I I mean, I think that that goes back to what we were saying that um, when you hide the faith, when you don't teach the faith, when you purposely, um, re- refuse to present the faith as it's meant to be presented, it truly is a danger to the faith. Um, now, you, you may recall the, the videos that Father Stephen McDonald did, um, and then this is one of the videos I, I looked up before um, doing this podcast, where, where he has a couple videos about attendance at the new Mass. Um, and one of the yeah. statistics he gives on there um, in, in reference to the danger that the new mass is to the faith that is that four out of five cradle Catholics today leave the faith by the time that they turn 23. Um, and so, I mean, this is this is absolutely shocking. It's just an indication that that if if these young people are not being presented the authentic faith, um, the faith of our fathers. Then when they grow up and they have to make their own decisions, they're just like, what's the point? What's the point of, of sticking with this? I don't really see right. the meaning in this. Um, and, I, and I guarantee you that, I mean, while while we do have some um, of our children who once they graduate, they, they leave the faith or so on, um, our, our, our rate is so much better than that. I, I mean, um, I, I would be surprised if it would be even high as one out of five or, or maybe 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 one out of ten. I don't know. I don't. I haven't gathered those statistics, um, but right. our our rate of, of keeping uh, the young people after they graduated from high school is is is, is quite good comparison to the mainstream church, and and we know the reason. I mean, it's just because um, they are taught the faith, and, and those who are taught right. the faith, um, it, they they understand the reason for it, um, and they they want to hold on to that faith for the rest of their life, generally speaking. Well, Father, this has been, uh, this has been very interesting, and thank you for putting this all together for us. 
um, mm-hmm. so that we understand, you know, what are, what are our obligations? Because that's, that's many of the questions we get is, all right, I understand all of this, but what does this mean for me? What do I need to do? And it's not a selfish thing. It's, we, we yeah. need some guidance here. So this is uh, on a practical level, very, very helpful. Thank you, Father. Yeah, yeah. There's just one one last thing I I, I want, might want to bring up um, because yeah. of the fact that this question comes up periodically among traditional Catholics, those who are already attending the traditional mass on a regular basis, and sometimes they'll they'll say, "Okay, I've got a family member who died, or I've got a family member who who's uh, having a wedding, and they're Catholic, and they're having a Novus Ordo mass." And you said it's a danger of the faith, and and I shouldn't go to the sure. new mass and. Um, should, should, is this one of the, those cases I shouldn't go? And I, I always say to people, well, no, I mean, in this in this situation, you're, you're not going to the mass to attend the mass. You're, you're going to fulfill a social obligation. Um, so, you know, by all means, go. Um, but but just do not participate. Um, do not sort of assist at the mass as you as you normally would where where um, you would you would receive communion or, you know, don't don't go up and read a lesson or, um, don't join the choir. Um, don't distribute right. communion, you know, um, <laughs> those sorts of things. Um, so you, you go, uh, for a social reason, you, you don't see it as I'm going to attend mass, but I'm going to, uh, fulfill a social obligation that I have to my family. Um, that that's how you would, you would sort of view that. Okay. That makes sense. Again, another, another good tip there. Um, cause that does come up, but Yes. Well, Father, thank you so much uh, again for your time. And we'll be talking with you again uh, soon, it looks like. Um, It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for listening to and watching episode 25 of our Crisis in the Church series here on the SSPX podcast. In episode 26, we'll be talking with Father Alexander Wiseman on the thorny question that we still need to answer. Primarily, how can the Catholic Church give us a right of worship that is problematic Doesn't this fly in the face of the indefectibility of the church when Christ said that the gates of hell would not prevail? We'll discuss this question and more on our next episode. If you have a question on the topic of the crisis, please feel free to ask it at sspxpodcast.com slash crisis. Please share this episode with someone who you think might enjoy it. And if they don't know what a podcast is, please show them so that they can take advantage of all our episodes. And if you have the ability to set up a monthly recurring donation of 5 or 10 or $20 on ssbxpodcast.com, it would help us immensely to complete this crisis in the church project. Until next week, thank you for listening, and God bless you.